Welcome back to episode 117 of the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer. We recovered mostly from New York Comic Con, and we'd like to bring you the entire panel from this previous Sunday. So please enjoy. I'm Judy Stevens. I am one of the two producers on the Women of Marvel podcast that goes up every Friday. Um, I also do stuff for Marvel.com. And we've got Donna Aminat. Uh She has a long, complicated title, but she basically manages all the characters, and all the different pieces here at Marvel. We have Margaret Stoll. Uh, writer of Black Widow, Red Vengeance. Also, writer of Captain Marvel. We've got Stephanie Meselanski. She is the costume designer of Marvel's Daredevil Season 1. Marvel's Jessica Jones, Marvel's Luke Cage, and soon to be coming, Marvel's Iron Fist. We've got Amy Reader. She is the writer of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. We've got Erica Henderson. Artist of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. And... Finally, last but not least, Kelsey DeMassa, coordinator, team entertainment. All right, so we're going to do our, our kickoff, our kickoff with the Women of Marvel panel. Um, first of all, this is an amazing turnout. Thank you guys for being here. Yay! You should be really proud of yourselves. So for, for those of you who uh, currently work in the industry or who want to work in the industry, stand up. Get up, guys. It, this means you want to work at Marvel. You don't have to be, you want to be a writer, you want to be a creator, you want to be me. You want to be any of these girls up here. Stay standing up. Stay standing up. Look at that. And I want you guys to look around, wave at each other, talk to each other after the panel, say hello. This is your team, your future team. You guys should work together and support each other because that's the reason that we're all here today, okay? So find one another. Awesome. As we always do, we'd love to show some of the great, amazing carvers of the 23 currently and in the future female production. Yes. Yes. Currently, it's all happening. They're all currently. Yes. Um, So, Chuck, this is. I'm giving you the slow clap. Yeah. Quite an accomplishment. <laughs> of course, this sort of... Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, these are all titles that are currently in production. We have a few more um, that we recently uh, announced, and we can talk about those on the next slide, right? Also... Get... Oh, no, never mind. I did not get the Are they a little out of order? Also, have you guys seen this amazing cover, The Village Voice, this week? Woohoo! I actually never thought we would have that kind of, that t- title, ever. First of all, a cover piece, but then the fact that we're saying making comics a more inclusive place. What? Yeah. What, guys? Very different time. Go check it out. 
So Silk has a new costume. Yeah. Brand new look designed by Helen Chan. Um, uh, it's currently, the series is written by Robbie Thompson and Tana Ford. Um, uh, just a really great uh, glimpse into this other spider character's life who is just so much fun and so adorable um, and has got a lot of great edge to her. Uh, the story that they're currently working on um, ties into an amazing Spider-Man Dead No More event. Um, definitely check it out. And of course, if you have people in your life who are spider fans, then Silk is a great character to share with them. We also had some great announcements this weekend. Yes. So um, I'm very excited about these two titles uh, in particular. Um, She-Hulk, uh, which we announced very recently. Actually, sorry, Hulk. Hulk. It's not She-Hulk. It is called Hulk. Jen Walters is the Hulk, um, and this story uh, is written by Mariko Tamaki, um, who we are very, very uh, lucky to have with us, an incredible, incredible creator, writer, um, and drawn by Nico Leone, uh, and that will be out, uh, I believe, early 2017, if I got that correctly. Joe? Yeah. Okay, there you go. December 2015. <laughs> Never mind. So 2016. What year is it? Um, and then uh, America Chavez, dot, dot, dot. That is all the information that you guys will get today about America Chavez, but uh, we have some amazing announcements, um, particularly with this series. And that beautiful image is drawn by, of course, the great Jamie McKelvey. Um, he redesigned uh, America's, I know, right? Goosebump, goosebump worthy. Um, so look out for more news about America. This is, this is a big one for us. We have been working on this for a very, very long time. Um, we wanted to make sure we got the timing right, and right now uh, it, it's, everything has come together for this moment. So we're very excited about it. Oh my God. We've got some great pages from issue 12 of Moon Girl and Dever Dinosaur. Um, and this is basically where we establish that she is the smartest there is. That's pretty exciting. Woohoo! So, Amy, can you speak to that a little bit? Well, thanks, Marvel, for letting us do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, that's true. She, we're, she's the smartest there is, which kind of made sense for us because it felt like, even though she's kind of got some inhuman powers that we're still kind of showing and stuff, they're not necessarily the most helpful of powers, and I still really feel like that is her thing, is that she's smart. So it's really great to kind of... She's been wanting this recognition, and I'm glad that the title's getting that recognition, and I'm glad that fans are so excited about it because it's really kind of helping the, the series go on, and it's wonderful to see. So, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It means a lot. I mean, it means it's a really big deal that she is the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. That, that is a big significance for us. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and, and like, it means a ton to the fans. Like, they've been coming over all week, and, uh, and they're just gushing about it. Like, they can't, it's, they're over the moon about it, you know? Uh, no, it's, it's. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see. It was I will say that like it was my co-writer Brandon's idea and he really wanted to push for it and like now I totally understand why, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, it's wonderful. So, so does that make Riri the second smartest and Tony Stark the third smartest? The, oh, you're going to get me into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to stick with number 1. That's yeah, all. Just kicking. <laughs> We'll have a nerd competition in one of those. That's going to be I a want a diagram. 
<laughs> of relative smartness because oh, I'm down with that. Really, everyone just fell asleep. So we also have this amazing uh, cover that Amy did. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, is is debuting this week, I believe. It's for this amazing magazine out of Japan called Frau. Um, they came to the Marvel offices and did interviews with all the women of Marvel at Marvel, and it was an amazing experience. So if you guys have an opportunity, you should definitely pick that up. Um, it features all the plethora of women that work in our offices. Yeah, yeah, and and I it, because I could kind of do it out of continuity. I really wanted to include Spider Woman segment. I thought that was really great. Um, I don't know; these were just all characters that I really loved that you guys have been working on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Erica, Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girls, Squirrel Girls, button up with Ant Man. What's going on in in Squirrel Girl right now? I didn't hear half of that because. Oh. <laughs> uh, so she's in Canada. She's hanging out with Ant Man. What's going on? Yeah. Um, well, right now we wanted to do a more low key story and like focus on her mom a bit and like do some. We obviously there's superhero stuff, but we like focusing on her as a character doing stuff as Doreen Green. And um, I think we also wanted to toss in some of that how stuff about how we're all more terrible around our parents when we go home. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you wouldn't know anything about that. No, no. I will say yeah, that yes. the, the oh. amazing mess of Squirrel Girl, mess, that's not the word. Please apologize, my brain this weekend. Uh, there are so many Squirrel Girl cosplayers. So Is it amazing? It's so great. Oh my God, there's so many this weekend. They're all amazing. And the graphic novel just came out, which is very exciting. That, that was my whole life this summer, so I hope you enjoy it. That's my life you're holding in your hands. <laughs> and we also have um, the Squirrel Girl middle grade novel written by Shannon and Dean Hale. When's that coming out? It is coming out October 17th? No. No, December. When is it coming out? I have a February for that sonic. There's lots of dates. We have so many books and so much great content, so this is why everything's pushing mushing together. Shannon and Dean Hale are the only people I've ever met who are arguably as funny as Ryan North. When he recommended yeah. them and they're the they're bomb. friends of him of his, so yeah. We're all gonna be out on tour together and I'm like ready for pee your pants level dinner <laughs> dinner humor. So but the, the middle grade novel is just a really great um, really origin tale um, of Squirrel Girl and her adventures. Um, it's just so lovely. I really, really recommend you guys pick it up. Um, it's so cute and fun and funny and witty. And um, I definitely think it's something that you can share with, you know, you have a nephew, a niece, son, daughter, um, someone who's not really figured out comics yet, but you want to introduce them to the world to the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Universe experience, this is it. This is all in continuity stuff, so this, all this stuff has happened. Um, so please make sure you share this, this book when it comes out. It's really quite lovely. And are you going to get the mightiest and the smartest together? Perhaps. Maybe one day. We might have to. I, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, awesome. she's got to take college courses at some point, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about uh, young adult novels... Uh, we have we have a sequel to the amazing Black Widow. Uh, so now red 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 red. That's me in yes. my killer spy face. Yeah, you can <laughs> tell by my eyebrows. I can kill you with my eyebrows in that picture. 
Um, yes, I'm really excited to continue the stories of uh, Black Widow and our legacy teen widow, the Red Widow character, who um, kicks almost as much ass as Doreen, I gotta say. <laughs> They're a pretty fearsome pair. And um, we are, um, that book is out here at the con. It's not out yet, but like all good things happen at Comic-Con, the book is out early at the Disney booth. And then I go on tour with Ryan and Shannon and Dean and um, uh, Marguerite Bennett and a bunch of other special friends joining us. And the first event is tomorrow night at Books of Wonder, in case you want one of the 50 red wigs that will be there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just dress like this for fun. And and didn't you write uh, a Red Widow story in an upcoming issue of Ms. Marvel? I did. There is a Red Widow one shot. Um, and if you've read any, if you've read the last book, you'll be really excited or hysterically overwrought to see the scene we're actually telling, which is ripped from um, that book. So that comes out, I believe, next month, right? Yes, it's in issue 12 of Ms. Marvel. It is a backup story, so you'll get both of your favorite characters in one <laughs> single issue. That's how we Woo! do it here. Yeah, two in one. That's what I like. You're also writing that little book called Captain Marvel. Let's get a big shout for that, because... Because I realized as I'm sitting here uh, with my widow hair that I'm also unconsciously cosplaying Kelly Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Um, we are super psyched about that. It, Sana and I have been working super closely, and our issue zero comes out. Are we saying when that comes out? December. December. Let's shout if you're ready for issue zero of Mighty Captain Marvel. <laughs> very low self-esteem. I think you could have done a little better than that. I'm just saying. <laughs> We've been working our ass off. <laughs> it's awesome. Carol is many things, but she is the funniest living human, so I'm pretty excited about that. Well, yeah, right. and then I think one thing we should note about um, Captain Marvel is uh, she was in a, a little event called Civil War II. She's pretty tired. She's pretty exhausted. Um, <laughs> But this entire this this next series elevates her to superstardom status. Um, she is literally the biggest superhero on the planet. And what does that mean for Carol Danvers? Yeah, she's not like totally down with fame. It's a little awkward. And this is a really great. Um, I have to say, Margie and I have been working on this for a little while, um, and we have a, a, a really great story here to tell that I think is really true to what has been put. That before, but also very much Margie's flavor and style. Well, also, it's a big year for Carol. It's a big year for women. Am I right? Yeah. So, you know, what happens when you finally get what you wanted, or, you know, finally you really are not trying to establish yourself as a hero or, say, the president or whatever? You know, what happens when you are the boss? So it'll be really interesting to see what goes down. And all my research on being famous is based on Sana's life. So I've gotten to see what, you know, screaming fandoms are like. It's been super helpful. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, like, what it is to be the most famous person, the most famous woman on the planet, really, really beloved, 
but then also kind of hated. Familiar, right? It happened. Yes, that it's kind of similar to real life. Ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the headlines. So, yes, <laughs> definitely check that out. So, issue zero in December, and then issue number one in January. And I got to say, Sana has rejected every single page I've ever given her at least six times, which is the awesomest thing ever, to find people who care about what you're doing as much as you do. So, it's been the best. It's actually been just insane. That was like a little golf clap. It was. <laughs> I guess so. I guess editors are okay. There's a lot of writers in the room right now who are just not okay with that. <laughs> I'm editing. We're okay. Okay, uh, here's the slide early uh, the new Squirrel Girl book. You guys pick that up. And then uh, Margaret mentioned the tour. Kicks off tomorrow at Books of Wonder um, in Chelsea. Uh, Comet starts at 6 o'clock. Um, we're going to be doing a little Q&A. We'll have a signing. And then if you guys aren't tired of wearing your costumes, put them on once more. We're going to do a little mini costume contest. Um, and it continues throughout this week. Um, uh, myself and Lorraine Sink, who is the host of Thwip the Big Marvel Show and Marvel Live, will be joining um, Margie and the crew on Friday in San Francisco and Menlo Park and then in L.A., uh, including Ann, Ann Foley, the costume designer of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., on Saturday, so. Thank you, over there. Yeah. We, we, we don't stop. No rest, no rest for us. Uh, I'll let you speak to this. Um, I am, um, so um, this is actually a really incredible um, collaboration that we did with ABC uh, News. Um, and I don't know if you guys are aware of what's happening in Syria. It's obviously a very, very, um, very sad, uh, very, very sad story. Um, but there has been uh, this, this woman who's been chronicling a journal um, with ABC News who lives out in Syria and just telling her daily experiences of living out there. And ABC has been working with her for quite some time where she's sending these updates. Um, and they reached out to Marvel to see if they were interested in lending an artist to come share that experience. And we were so moved by this that we actually decided to just do it. So um, Dala Boratologic uh, is this incredible, incredible artist, um, is really working like a photojournalist and, and, and bringing her experiences, Madaya Mom and her family's experiences, to life. Um, so there's a really great uh, behind-the-scenes um, story uh, online. Obviously, you can pick this up online. It's free for people to read and peruse. And then uh, there's also a behind-the-scenes video with Dalibor, which is really, really quite moving um, that you guys should, should also check out. Uh, so it's important. At Marvel, we, always, we, we say we want to share the experiences um, of, of things that people are actually living, the, the issues that they're having, the issues that they're facing, and this is really a way for us to do it in a very meaningful and important way. So we're very proud of this one. Just switching gears a little bit. Now first, before we get to Stephanie, who else is excited for the Defenders and Sigourney Weaver? Oh man, that was so amazing yesterday. Uh, okay, anyways, who here has seen all of Marvel's Luke Cage? Yeah. So one of the things, we've talked to Stephanie before for Daredevil, for Jessica Jones, but what I think is really interesting about Luke Cage is it comes in a moment of, of this country history and culture that it's really important. There's a man in a hoodie. There's a black man in a hoodie. Isn't that a, like, what was the power of you stepping up the gate and like, I want to I wanna do this, I want to costume this? Well, Luke 
page couldn't have been more timely. His character, there's such an incredible amount of significance culturally, historically, at this time uh, on our planet and particularly in this country, actually all, all the way around the world. And it just, it, I must say that, that it was our wonderful showrunner, uh, Cheo Hodari Coker, who initially wanted uh, Luke Cage to appear in a hoodie, but it, what ultimately made sense is that he really embodied and, and put this hoodie on, which became part of his psychological, thank yeah. you very much, it became part of his uh, psychological armor, and it really, it really offered him as much of, a, of, of an armor within his, his mind as, as it did the fact that his skin was bulletproof. So it, it just made sense that he needed to remain in this hoodie throughout the entire series, and uh, that's what we did. And on top of that, you now have to costume a politician. Um, and she's wearing this beautiful purple dress that you see her, um, no spoilers, but in, a, in an interview that you might see in the show. And uh, I remember her talking on the podcast about you finding this beautiful purple silk to dress her in. Like, what was it like now changing gears from a hoodie to a politician? Well, Alfre Woodard plays this politician who perhaps in her heart has the best interests in her mind for Harlem. But as we, as any of you know who have now watched the series, um, she also had a lot of corruption within her. And she really didn't want to know what her cousin was up to. But once her cousin was gone, she became, she, she pretty much not, not took his spoilers, place. Not too many spoilers. Soft, it's a soft spoiler. <laughs> it's soft spoilers. I'll, soft I'll be spoiler. honest, I'll be honest, I haven't even finished the series. I've been trying, but... It's, it's just so incredible. I, I, I watch one or two episodes a day, and then I just have to kind of think about it and consume it and, and wait. It's, it's been a wonderful surprise for myself. So I'll try not to give any more spoilers. However, uh, dress <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> dressing Alfre Woodard as, as this politician, she was an incredible person to work with. She, um, knew, she's, she's been around. She's, she's been a, a, an amazing artist and actress for a long, long time, and she knows what works for her. And it was really fun finding looks that both made her feel really comfortable and that worked for her character. And we found that um, really strong, bold colors worked and really strong, bold silhouettes as well and gorgeous textural fabrics. And as it happens, Harlem is a place where, if you've, if you've been up to Harlem, it's an incredibly colorful place. Mm -hmm. It's full of passion and color and beautiful lighting. It's, I, you know, I, I just love New York. I'm going to segue for a moment because every neighborhood has a different tone. Every neighborhood in New York City has a different color, different tone, different feel. And Harlem is one of our oldest neighborhoods. And in a way, it hasn't changed in terms of its vibrancy and its cultural history. And um, this character, Mariah, came to embody uh, what Harlem is all about, and it just made absolute sense to us to dress her in these incredible colors, and she exudes confidence, and she, she exudes um, care about her, her community and her neighborhood, but of course, as you watch the uh, series, you find out other things, and her, her, her look also winds up evolving. Um, she goes from these really strong, vibrant colors into more, 
more strong, deep, uh, darker colors as her character begins to embrace, shall we say, her darker side. And, and what about Misty's like jeweled, bejeweled outfit in that first episode? Well, I mean, that was hot. That was hot. <laughs> I want one of them. Where do I get that? Did you make it? Well, let's talk about it. We, in, in my department, it, uh, we do a lot of modifying of clothes that exist. If there's not enough time or not enough opportunity for us to actually build something from scratch, we modify what we find. And we knew that we wanted to use something in that color. We knew that we wanted it to be bejeweled. We looked around, and we were very fortunate to find, actually, um, an Alice and Olivia dress, wow. which we modified. <laughs> right now, guys. <laughs> we modified incredibly to fit Simone's amazing figure, and it, it really worked. It was really a, you know, a lot of engineering went into that dress, and that's, that's kind of what we need to do. Um, you know, it, we, we try to make clothing look effortless, but you'd be amazed at what goes on to make it look effortless. We actually talked to Stephanie, um, also uh, the art director, the set decorator, um, and Stephanie's first assistant on last week's podcast, um, episode 115. We talked to them for like 40 minutes. Plus, uh, we also got a chance to talk to Simone Misick, uh, Misty Knight. So if you guys haven't had a chance to check that out, um, just go to marvel.com slash women of marvel and listen to all my podcasts. It's amazing. Thank you. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Um, so we're really excited because Kelsey, this is the first time Kelsey's ever been on the Woman of Marvel uh, panel. Also, based in the West Coast, um, we have this uh, newish department. It's been around for a couple of years called Themed Entertainment. Um, and I will let Kelsey speak a little bit to that. Yeah, I will explain what it is first because I know it's kind of confusing. But our team kind of takes the characters, the stories you love, and we bring them to life where you can experience them. In real time, we think like attractions at, at parks. You can see on the screen the Guardians uh, Tower of Terror takeover. Um, and we do exhibits, attractions, anything where you're in your own world interacting with the characters, um, just kind of bringing them to life for you. So, and you're also working with Run Disney to do the Superheroes Half Marathon. Yes, so Superhero Half Marathon. Um, I'm a huge runner, so I love this so much. But uh, every year we do our Marvel weekend of races. So this year there's still spaces if anyone's a runner or wants to try it. But we have the Avengers Superhero Half Marathon. There's a Doctor Strange 10K. There's a Captain America 5K. There's an Infinity Gauntlet Challenge if you want to run the 10K and the half. Um, <laughs> very ambitious if you want to do it all. Uh, it's really fun. You get to dress up in costumes, run the whole thing. It's a great community. And uh, you can take pictures with all your favorite characters. It's super fun. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys are actually interested in running, registration is actually still open for the 10K, the Superheroes Half Marathon, and the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. Um, and you don't have to be a fast runner. Um, you can do these in, in, you can take your pace, you can run walk, you can do that stuff. Um, we actually have codes for that. Uh, if you guys are interested, if you want to do the 10K, you can um, use Marvel 15 for $15 off or Marvel 25 for $25 off the half marathon or the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. We've got this up on Marvel.com and our social media. If you guys didn't have a chance to write that down, this coupon, these codes only go to the 11th. So uh, jump on that. And uh, I'll be running along with Kelsey and a bunch of other Marvel people, including Ryan Panagos. So if you guys are going to be there, come say hi to us um, while we're running. Yeah, I'll be uh, sitting on the sidelines eating some potato chips. Yep. 
You guys can join me if you I'll want. I'll be watching you eat potato chips <laughs> online from my couch, where I'll be eating more potato chips. Oh. Uh, what I, but I, what I love about um, themed entertainment and this, and this panel, and it's always evolving. If you guys have been on the panel for a while, you'll see so much great representation across Marvel. And I love that Kelsey's here to represent themed entertainment because this is just another touch point for you to experience and love Marvel, show your love for Marvel in a very distinct way. And it's also just a lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah, right? Get some, get some rides in, run, slash watch people run, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's great. So um, it's just another way to show that really uh, Marvel is everywhere and in any way that you want to show your, 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 your passion for uh, these characters, um, there is a place uh, for you to play. So pretty cool. Including if you'd like to play online, we have this new program that we released earlier this year called Marvel Insider. Um, basically, if you do things on Marvel.com that you've already been doing already, like listening to our podcast, you get points, and then you can redeem these points for some pretty cool stuff, including getting drawn into a comic. So if you guys are interested, um, roll over to Marvel.com, sign up, and if you guys use the code Woman of Marvel 2016 you get an extra 20,000 bonus points. Wow. So... Does it say that on the site? Uh, Do I have to remember that? You might have to remember that. Marvel I don't know. There's, there's some people like news people in here. You guys can write that down. News people. <laughs> news people. <laughs> you news people. Brain. My brain is not a brain. All the press. <laughs> All right. And on top of that, guys, I've, I, talk, I keep on talking about my podcast. Uh, my podcast. Sana and my podcast. We work really hard on this every week. We try to bring you new and interesting content. Women and men working in the industry that are trying to influence the diversity, not only in women uh, getting into comics, but also throughout. We do this amazing program called Voices of Marvel, where we talk to uh, the variety of people work, writing for Marvel. People who have been around for a while, like Brian Michael Bendis, or people new, like Ta-Nehisi Coates. So tune Woo. in. Um, it, it's None of this is uh, time-specific. You guys can start on episode one. It might be a little rough, because we didn't know what we were doing. But now we do. Um, and if you guys ever Sorry. have any questions for no. us... Or suggestions, or you just want to like write at us, uh, you can email us at womanof at marvel.com. You can also tweet um, at Marvel with hashtag woman of Marvel. So. And this podcast is a direct spin out from uh, these panels. So because you guys um, have been so supportive and so wonderful and so amazing, we wanted to make sure that people who have been reaching out to us, who can't come to these conventions, um, have the Women of Marvel experience uh, on their iPhone or iPad or um, uh, any anywhere that they have some sort of listening device. Uh, so definitely check it out. Thanks again for everyone who has supported us and the amazing um, um, the amazing cast of people that we've been able to have on this podcast is pretty incredible and it's across all of our lines of business um, between television, uh, games, animation, of course, publishing. Um, so it's 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 pretty pretty great. Before we get back to the rest of the panel, we've got some exciting news coming from Loot Crate. Loot Crate has assembled the Marvel Gears and Goods crate for the ultimate Marvel fan. This crate will feature official Marvel items like collectible home goods, apparel, and more every other month. Their first theme is Mystics, featuring Marvel's greatest mages, sorcerers, and other magic wielders like Doctor Strange, the Scarlet Witch, and Iron Fist. 
you have until November 1st at 9 p.m. to get the Mystics Crate. And when the cutoff happens, well, that it, that's it. It's over. No more. But head over to LootCrate.com slash MarvelWoman and use promo code MarvelWoman and you get $3 off your Marvel Gears and Goods subscription today. So head over there. We were ex- super excited to be able to release one of the pieces from the first box. It's this amazing Doctor Strange robe. Ryan Panagos from This Week in Marvel Ward all weekend. It's super comfortable. So you guys, you definitely want that, especially as we get gear up for winter. So head over to lucrate.com slash marvelwoman and use the promo code marvelwoman to get $3 off. Great. Okay. Back to the panel. So on that note, let's open the floor for questions. This is my favorite part. So yeah, I hope so there's some big ones, good ones. Get on it. So we've got two, I think we've got two mics on either side. So just start lining up. And, and we, we also have something to give away. So before you run away, after you ask your question, come up. And Sana will give you something. Oh, I will. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's loot. <laughs> there's actual loot. Hello. Yeah. This is a loot driven. Oh, we have two. Oh, God, today. we have two lines. Okay, we're yeah. going to start here and then we're going to go there. Hey, I'm like a big Captain Marvel fan, but um, Civil War 2 is kind of like, I don't like it right now. So is something going to happen? <laughs> Tell me what you really think. <laughs> is something going to happen between now and then while where I'll like again? I know you can't give me too many spoilers on it, but will I like her again before Civil War 2 is over? And is she going to make up with uh, uh, Jessica Drew? Are they going to be friends again? Well, okay, I'll address the first part. You, you address anything tricky and political, <laughs> and then I'll come in and be funny, which is also how the comic is going to work. <laughs> so, here, so here's the thing. Um, whether or not you like Civil War, or sorry, Civil War 2 or, or Carol Danvers in Civil War 2, I think what is incredibly important for us is that she's in there and that she has a very, very big role. Um, Captain Marvel has been around for a while, but her to be the big player in the Marvel Universe, she really needed to participate in this event. And I think for us to sort of understand all of the different depths of, of, of Carol's personalities and, and character is to challenge her in this really weird way. I mean, it's, it is a little bit gray to an extent. Um, but for Carol, her choice is... If she has information to be able to save people, she's going to act on it. That's who she is. She's military. That's exactly what she does. So for us, that also brings up the challenges of the fact that sometimes you have to make these really hard decisions, and a lot of people are not going to like it. And the question is what she does with that in terms of her own self-perception and herself. And that is something that we're going to kind of tease along a little bit in, in, in uh, uh, Margie's story. Yeah, I would say to check out issue zero of Mighty Captain Marvel because you will really see, um, as Brian Bendis likes to say, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And it's not... Nobody comes out unscathed. Nobody doesn't... Um, really feel what's going on right now, most of all, Carol. So, uh, I mean, it, it definitely is something that will impact her for a long time, if that helps. But also, Carol has a lot of awesome sides, and we're really going to explore Carol as a character, as a leader, as a person, as, you know, as a soldier. So you're going to see a lot of, you know, as a celebrity, there's a, lot, there's a lot more in Carol's future. So I would say stick with us. 
I'll try, but she got Rhodey killed. She got Bruce Banner killed. It, it's all on her. Well, okay. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk on the side about that. I have. I have opinions. Soft spoilers. Yes. Soft spoilers. <laughs> in order for characters to have resonance, um, they have to live in the gray. We can't make them perfect. If we make them perfect, they're one-dimensional. And for her to actually have impact, we have to make her three-dimensional. We have to have her have these kinds of challenges um, that people might not like. And that's sort of the stories that we we are trying to tell here. I wanted to add that one of the Thank things- you for clapping. I think that those are my two friends over there, so awesome. I wanted to add that one of the things that's really amazing about the Marvel characters, and I have to admit I wasn't a huge comic book reader prior to starting to work on this, the Netflix Marvel uh, series, but one of the beautiful things about these characters, and it, it, it's both in the comics as well as on the TV shows, they're incredibly multidimensional, and these are, they're all individually flawed, and it makes them more human, and I think it makes them, no matter what their superpowers are, a lot of them struggle with what, who they are and their identity, and it makes them all far more relatable as characters um, to the audience and to all of you and all of us who work on it and watch it. I would also say that I think it's interesting when it's a woman who's perceived as being unlikable. You know, I think that is a lot of times harder for the world to take. Right. As we see today. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Um, I just wanted, it's just a quick two-parter. One, I love the outfits on Luke Cage. They are just fantastic. I was just wondering, what was the idea behind having the little yellow, I believe I'm saying this right, yellow lining in the hoodie? And the thing that I've been arguing with people for a very long time, in Jessica Jones, when Jessica is spying on Luke, is he wearing that yellow shirt in the windowsill? Just curious. Well, we love throwing out Easter eggs to uh, the fan. We love throwing out <laughs> Easter eggs to the fans, and we also like to try and incorporate a tiny bit of the origin stories colors whenever we can. So, therefore, in Jessica Jones, we had the one scene in which there he was in a gold T-shirt. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> and. The same thing happened in Luke Cage. We were trying to figure out a way to incorporate the color into his costume without it being exaggerated and cartoony. And that's what we came up with. And it, it really, it became a thing, as you could see. So you basically, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, amazing work. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a great question. Hey, Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Marvel. Hey, girl. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so I want to put the mic down for her so she can... There you go. So, in um, in Civil War two, are Kamala Khan and Captain Marvel gonna get along? Um. <laughs> now I want to cry. I I, <laughs> I feel like we should call Willow. <laughs> um, have you read the latest issue, Miss Marvel number eleven? Okay, read it, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll send you some flowers, and I'll give you my credit card. Uh, order whatever you want. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a tough situation. It's a really hard situation, and it's a bit of a sad issue because they are fighting a little bit, um, but it doesn't mean that they don't love each other. It means that there's a lot of love there. 
Um, and that's why it's so hard. This is, Kamala Khan here is laughing at me right now. But I mean it. I mean these things. <laughs> um, they have a lot of care and affection for each other. It's not the end of their stories. This, the reason that there is um, a bit of a rift between them is because Kamala is growing up. And she has to figure out her life on her own terms without the shadow of Carol Danvers. And that's really what it comes down to. So there's a lot more story to tell. It is not the end of Carol Danvers and Kamala Khan, um, mostly because Margie will be really mad at me if she can't write Kamala. Um, so listen, this is why we're all here. This is why we do the Women of Marvel panel. I'm, I'm telling you, and I say this every single time I'm up, I'm up here, seven years ago, we had zero female-led titles. We had no women writing. Actually, no, we had one, and then we had none. So... This is the evolution of not only the comic space, but really pop culture and entertainment at large. The fact that we are up here seeking out more opportunities for people who don't traditionally have those kinds of opportunities. The intention is there. We are slowly transforming. Of course, it's going to take time. But hey, the reality is, because we've been able to create these characters and all this great content, simultaneously, I think there's a lot of talent out there who are realizing that that's a possibility. Realizing that the door is open is really half the battle here, right? Like, I never grew up thinking I could be a comic book editor. I'm a brown Muslim from Jersey. I'm supposed to be a doctor or a lawyer. Like... Nah, makes sense. Mom just figured out what I did like two years ago. And that was only because I was on CNN. And she's like, oh, so you do make money. <laughs> Actually, I don't. But still, people know me. And I'm doing things. So it takes time. We just have to be able to pass the baton. All of us up here want to pass the baton forward to you guys. But do the work. Show up. And then opportunities will be there. We're, doors open. The door is open. Yeah, just continuing on to it, I think like with the internet, it's really helped because people have become so much, you can see who's out there so much more easily. Yeah. Like so many creators that I know right now were discovered online. It was me, Chris Anka, um, Babs Tarr, like so many, like Brian North, Chris Hastings, like we were all discovered through our work online and that is I think that really opens things up for people. Yeah, that, I I worked with a, someone they had found on um, uh, DeviantArt. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, put your stuff up. If you're an artist, put your stuff up. If you're a writer, write your fan. You know, write your write your stuff. Like, use your Tumblr. Get your stuff out there because every everyone is watching. Yeah, like the entire Hellcat team was found online. Like. Kate Leth, Brittany, like they were all, like all of us. Yeah. Hi guys, first, thank you for all that you do. Um, we really definitely appreciate seeing women in the industry. So I guess my question was, it's been a long time since I fell so madly in love with a book as I did with Chelsea Kane's Mockingbird. <laughs> um, and I think what I liked about it is that it, it emphasized her intelligence over her ability to kick you in the face. <laughs> which is significant, which is also what I love about Moon Girl. But I guess the short of my question is, since I know that's coming to an end, will we be seeing more from Chelsea and will we be seeing more from Bobby? All I will say is that we do not let go of great characters or great talent. All right. There you go. I think that was yes. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll Thank interpret you. that one for you. Also, thanks. Oh, here you go. 
Hi, my question is primarily for writers. I'm an amateur writer myself. And um, I love seeing characters that translate from one literature media to another literature media, like YA novels, middle grade novels. I'm also a second grade teacher. Um, and comic books, Woo! of course. Yeah. And so my classroom is filled with all these different types of literature. And I wanted to know about the creative process between going back and forth and preserving the integrity of those characters within these different types of media. Well, I can say there's a, uh, when I sat down to do um, Black Widow, and I come out of video games. So I worked on the, um, I worked on Spider-Man for the PlayStation 1. <laughs> right? <laughs> I appear to you today, I say this every year, as a miracle of modern science. I am the oldest person you will ever meet. And I worked on Fantastic Four, so I learned to build universes in 3D. So for me, books, that was like free polygons, free rendering in your brain. You don't have to have someone program it, which was awesome. I, when I sat down to do uh, Black Widow, I read every comic for all of those years, even the fishnet tights years. That was my same approach with Captain Marvel. And you can find the through line. Usually it involves, like as I say, the nature of their heart. But you can find the things they worry about, the questions they ask, and it, you, do, you find that one thread and then you yank on it as hard as you can. So basically if you get someone who, to love a book version, a comic version, a movie version, none of that matters, that's an entry point. And then your job is just to give them more and more. Our job is to make sure every kid in your classroom feels like they can be a hero. So we, get, we have to send that message of, you know, the only, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the Gandalf that isn't a dude, right? I'm waiting for Yoda that's the girl. Like, I'm, I agree with you for intelligent characters, but that's our job, is to, to make everybody aware, you know, that they're a hero in the making. Um, and I'll just say on my end that, uh, yeah, so I, I thought you were talking about, like, mediums, right? Like, so, so yeah, I think, I think Margaret's right that, like, uh, you know, we, I, I think, like, you know, when we write, we want to just make stories, no matter what the medium is, we have something to say, and we try to have something special. For me, though, I actually have only written comics at this point, so... I don't really have much to say, so actually, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come up here and come, grab... Can we get your comics? Unless you don't want it. It's cool. <laughs> Fine. I'll be really insulted. Hi. I can oh. reach. Marvel-themed classroom teacher over here, guys. Hi, guys. Um, first, thank you so much for doing this year after year. I've been here with every year that you guys have done this, and it gets bigger and better every year, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. Ooh. Thank you for coming. Um, so, you know, Kamala Khan's on the cover of The Village Voice and talking about diversity has been amazing. I want to ask about, you know, body diversity in comics. Like, it's been such a huge deal to see bodies represented differently in comic books, and throughout the years, sort of one type has been seen in a lot of ways. Um, what can we see, hopefully, for maybe people who are disabled or maybe people who are of larger size in comic books in the future? Yeah. That would be great. I think that is definitely something, those are the stories that we're very much interested in, in, in telling and those experiences are inc incredibly important to share. And it's really great because a lot of our, um, our writers, like for example, 
uh, Willow, when she introduced um, Mike in Ms. Marvel, she made it very, like she specified that she, you have to, we have to make sure she's fuller figured, she's bigger, she's not skinny, she's, you know, that is something, that is an experience that we want to show without necessarily pointing to it. Just showing it on the page. And that's really what we prefer to do. We, we, we don't want to be didactic and say, oh, this is the experience of being, you know, full-figured or disabled or any of those things. Uh, the trick is making sure that we have the right people telling those stories and then that it is the right kind of story. Um, we don't want to do a disservice to that experience by doing it the wrong way. Um, so definitely uh, an intention we have. Um, and uh, hopefully you'll see more of it in, in the future. We know there are plans for, like, like you, I can say you will see more of it because, I've, because it's there. Like, <laughs> I've seen it, and you'll see more of it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Woo. Do you want to, we'll have someone come and bring this to you. Hi, ladies. Judy. Um, I actually have a costuming question. So I work in fashion, I'm a tech designer, so I'm obsessed with appropriate character representation through costuming. And so I actually was curious why you chose to put Mariah in flat. A lot of times, women on TV, just in general, they're in heels. If they're running around, action shot, they're in heels. Uh, so I was just curious, what was the thought process behind that? That was actually, I'll be honest with you, that was uh, the choice of the actress. Mm -hmm. and. I initially was not sure I agreed, but in the end, it made sense. And when I watch her in the show fiercely walking across the street, it slays me. I can't, she rocks those flats like nobody I've ever seen. <laughs> I love that line. I can't imagine her in anything other than those flats. I it, loved it because it had this sort of, I'm too old for this shit kind of feeling. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> so she was still really fashionable, but she was always comfortable, and you always knew that like she picked out her outfits. Like it felt really natural. Yeah, that's that's really important to me to make sure that a character looks like they've dressed themselves and that they've not been dressed by a costume designer. So, I I got behind it really quickly, and it made all the sense in the world. Thank you. So we only have five minutes left, so we're gonna try and double time these. Mm, hello. I was here last year for Woman of Marvel, and I have two questions to ask. Um, for Mockingbird, um, can you kill off um, that um, <laughs> fan of Mockingbird's new boyfriend? Oh, I, oh. I, I, I miss Hawkeye. I got scared. Margie did not like that question. <laughs> um, I miss Hawkeye as her love interest. You miss Hawkeye as her love interest. Yep. By the way, Hawkeye is now Kate Bishop. She has her own series. So. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I'm just kidding. I'm Clint, Clint Barton. Yeah, no, Clint Barton. I got you. Um, uh, we will take this into consideration. <laughs> and my second question is that I, I remember when Marvel first started, it was towards kids, and now it's like mostly adults, and I feel like they give kids the like the stuff on TV, and they stopped making the 616 for kids. Uh, you're saying, are we going to stop making it for, for kids, or we should make it for kids, the like 616? Like, you should. Like, it feels like it's less 
towards kids and more towards adults. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think the, his the history of Marvel is, has been, it hasn't really just been for kids. I think everyone has really experienced, really enjoyed Marvel stories. Um, I think uh, we definitely have a different kind of book for everyone. Ms. Marvel, you can share with kids, but adults like it as well. Um, Squirrel Girl is another great example of that. Moon Girl is a great example of that. Yeah, Moon um, Girl is nine years old. If yeah. that's any help. But for the TV stuff, have you seen the new Cage book? Because it's amazing. The, uh, now I can't remember, I can't remember how to his name, but... Uh, yeah. Gendy Territivos. That's the one. <laughs> right? Right, Joe? Okay. Yeah. All right, we're going to jump to the next question. Uh, yes. Here, come up. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm loving Comic-Con. I'm here all weekend, <laughs> and I've been trying to give my money to Marvel so I can have some more Miss Marvel stuff. Woo! <laughs> 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 but the thing is, I can't find anything. I can't find a lot of Miss Marvel stuff, so I was wondering if there's going to be a push of more Miss Marvel things, like toys yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we just there was uh, an action figure just came out, um, and then we have uh, a bunch of T-shirts and whatnot and Mighty Fine. But there's definitely more more in the works. We're getting there. Good. We just got to make sure it looks good. But right. uh, keep asking for it, because that's how it happens. It's there. Ms. Marvel matters to us, so don't, okay. don't you, we got you. All right, thank you. Okay. Enjoy your uh, trip. I'm a big fan of a lot of you guys. So, uh, Two-part question. First off, Stephanie, I have been looking everywhere for that Kitty Pride t-shirt that you're wearing. Where did you get it? <laughs> I think I got it on... Uh, I don't actually remember where I got it. <laughs> That's not helpful. I'm not helping you right now. Um, it's definitely an online geek store um, that I got it from. So it looked. There we go. Who? Mighty Fine. Awesome. Okay. And question number two. Um, there was there were plans for two female-led TV series. There was Agent Carter canceled. There was. Bobby Morris was supposed to be leaving um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to do um, Marvel's Most Wanted, canceled. I want to know what's happening to these series. Why aren't there more female-led TV series? I really love them. I love them. I agree. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't work uh, in television. I can send you the email addresses of the head of ABC Studios if you want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't fire me, guys. I love you. <laughs> Everyone. Um, we'll, we will get there. I really strongly believe in it because I think the intention is there. So um, keep, keep sending in those requests. It'll happen soon. I believe it. So. Okay, great. And, and keep watching the stuff that we do have. You know, it's... Uh, Obviously, you guys love the Marvel Netflix stuff. You know, we've got Defenders. We've got season two of Jessica Jones coming. Um, we announced that we're doing uh, Agent Carter animation shorts. Oh, awesome! Yeah. And I just want to say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Quake is effectively the head of that show. Yeah. Let's not forget that. That's a big, big ABC, ABC Marvel show, so. Yeah. So, so um, it's and, there. And I know that Runaways is coming to Hulu. So. Yeah, there you go. You got that. Sorry, one more question. Okay, I think we have one last question. Um, I'm a new father uh, to a biracial daughter, so I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, in our effort, because she's been cursed with two geek parents. Um, <laughs> blessed. <laughs> hashtag blessed. <laughs> so her nursery is all Marvel. It's, it's, but we've been having a hard time finding stuff for very young kids that's Marvel, especially female Marvel. With, there's Captain America stuff, like the big guys everywhere, but we can't find a lot of stuff for kids that's 
female that's diverse. I was wondering if there's... Again, check out Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and uh, I'm in the artist alley. <laughs> Squirrel Girl? There's that, Squirrel too. Squirrel um, You're looking for, how, for how clothes, you, you talking? right? No, there's, like, like, product like we find a lot of, because we buy way too much stuff, we find a lot of, like, collectible statue stuff like that, but yeah. oh, some of the competition has toys for kids and things like toys. that, and I'm not mm-hmm. finding a lot of that, especially in mm-hmm. the stuff I do. It's all Iron Man, it's Captain America, it's, it's the big guys. It's not a lot yeah. of Yeah, I, I think, like, they were just saying, uh, I mean, like, one of the differences is, like, Marvel, I think most of the Marvel stuff is licensed out. And I think you have to talk to, like, you know, people should tell these companies, like, hey, we want to see this stuff. We want to see these characters. That's, like, really the only... That's, like, the main yeah, way to get it. Like, it's all there. That was how the Scroll Girl Funko Pop got made. Like, there was... They told me, like, there's enough fan interest that, like, that's how that toy got made. Yeah. And you see way more Black Widow stuff than you used to see. So it's, again, you, you guys use your voices. They listen to you. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, sadly, do we have time for one more question or no? I think we're done. I think we're done. I'm getting to know. This has been an amazing panel. Thank you so much every year for coming out. You guys have been a great things. Uh, we got some, a couple free stuff if you guys want them. Thanks again. See you guys next year. Thanks to everyone who came to the panel and said hi. Hopefully we'll see you guys on the Black Widow Red Vengeance book tour this week. Myself and Lorraine Sink will be joining Margaret Stoll on Friday and Saturday in San Francisco and Los Angeles. As always, if you have questions or suggestions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel with hashtag womanofmarvel. We'll check you guys next week. This is Marvel, your universe. Oh, we are the women of Marvel. We are-